I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show this is swim success with music What's going on, people? This is Swim. This is Success with Music. And this is Walt. I am your music coach. You're still in contract house seller. You're, when it's all over, yeah, I feel better. Inspections, appraisals, man. Anyhow, enough of that. Let's dive in. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Again, this is Swim Success with Music. This is a podcast for musicians, music students, singers, songwriters, beat makers. We're about that music life. Hey, I appreciate you tuning in as usual. And um, I really do want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in from around the world. Please keep listening to the show and make sure you share the show, especially for those of you who have music friends band members, that type of thing. Maybe you teach music, music students, share the podcast and we can keep the love going. All right. And uh, let me start the show off with a special announcement. I mentioned in previous episodes that we will be featuring uh, guests on the show here. And we're going to be doing that in the next, uh, I would say, couple of weeks or so. Here's the deal. Here's the reason why I'm saying this to you. Our guests that will be coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'll give you some more information later, they are specialists in touring. They are specialists in doing shows, management, negotiation with venues, making money with live performances. The point is, I want you to send in your questions before the show drops so that I can get these guys your questions. And that way you can get answers to questions that you have about the things I just mentioned. So again, make sure you get your questions in right now. We will ask the questions, but you got to get them in. Send the questions to this email address, ask at successwithmusic.com. Again, that's ask at successwithmusic.com. One more time, we will be having guests on. These guests, by the way, they are actually recognized in the music industry by the big dogs. They've written multiple books on this stuff. They've been interviewed all over. Get your questions in. You can literally get insider information about touring, about doing live shows, making money, management questions for your band, the whole nine yards. Get your questions in right now, and they will be featured on an upcoming show. Ask at successwithmusic.com is the email address. Send those questions in. Hey, 
Let's get to some of the things that we typically start with here for our show. Today, we're going to get into songwriting. And we actually did an episode on this a while back, but this is going to be another installment on songwriting. So we're going to get to that here in just a second. And actually, in uh, in honor of us going into this topic today, I want to start the show off with some songwriting trivia for you. And after we do that, we'll jump into our main topic for today. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into some uh, song writer trivia. All right, you think you're ready for it? Let's see. All right, this first one here is about Miley Cyrus. So do you remember her hit uh, Party in the USA? Who was responsible for helping Miley out with songwriting on this particular song? Is it Katie B.? Is it Jesse J or was it Jay-Z? Again, who helped Miley Cyrus put together the song Party in the USA? Give you a second to think about your answer. The answer is Jesse J. All right. All right. Next question. Who was behind Britney Spears till the world ends track? Who was the songwriter behind that? I'll give you a couple of options here. Well, I'll give you a few options. Was it Kesha, Beyonce, or Adele? Those choices again, Kesha, Beyonce, or Adele. Who made Britney Spears till the world ends a hit? And the answer is Kesha. All right, so how are you doing on the quiz today? Did you know that these artists were songwriters behind other artists? Hmm. All right, let's go on to our next uh, question here. Which number one artist helped put together the song Sledgehammer? Which artist is behind the songwriting for Fifth Harmony's Sledgehammer? All right, here are your choices. We got Megan Trainer, Charlie Puth, Justin Timberlake. Let me give you those uh, options one more time. Megan Trainer, Charlie Puth. Or Justin Timberlake, who was behind the song Sledgehammer? And the answer is Megan Trainer. All right, so let's do one more song here. What artist is behind the song from Adam Lambert's What Do You Want From Me? You like that? Okay, I won't sing it. What do you want from me? Who is behind that song? You didn't like the way I... Okay, all right. I thought that was kind of hot how I did that. Who is behind the song, What Do You Want From Me? Is it Pink, The White Stripes, or Bobby Brown? Bobby Brown. One more time, your options are Pink, The White Stripes, or Bobby Brown. The artist behind writing the song, What Do You Want From Me, is Pink. How did you do on the quiz today? Hey, you know how this works. If you did pretty well on it, man, I got to give you that virtual high five. Hand up. Oh, there you go. All right, so let's go ahead and transition into our main topic of the day. I mentioned at the top of the show, 
we will be talking about songwriting. Songwriting is a pretty big topic, and、um, we covered some of this back. We covered some things back in the、uh, the episode "Songwriting Secrets from Nashville." I want to pick it up again today because I was actually working with、uh, one of my、um, artists here locally, and she comes in and we work on music on a regular basis, and she's releasing some material here or there and putting some singles out, doing some videos online or what have you. She brought in a brand new song just a couple of weeks ago. She let me hear the track. She brought one of her musicians in. She played the track. I listened to it. Usually, when I'm working with an artist or I'm doing some producing, I try to sit back and just figure out what the artist wants to do, where they want to take the song, that type of thing. So here I am. I'm listening to her song, and the song was pretty sweet. I like I, I like the concept. I like、uh, some of the the, the the melodic structure of the song. I like some of the chord progressions, but The song played and played and played and played, and once it was done, I looked at my digital audio workstation, and、uh, the the time marker told me that the song was I think it was like five and a half minutes, way 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 too long for a song. All right, so here, here's the thing: we are in the world where we have a lot of media competing for our attention, and and no one has time to listen to a five minute song. There are some exceptions with this. I understand that in music you can be creative, and you can have back in the day we should call we used to call it long versions. I get that, and that is applicable in certain instances. Maybe if you're doing something cinematic, but if you are putting out music for the average listener, meaning people who are going to find your music on a streaming platform, or people who you hope will download your music from, let's say, an iTunes or Amazon, that type of thing, for you to make your song anywhere beyond four minutes, in my opinion, is too long. Four minutes, I think, is pretty lengthy. On average, your song should be no longer than three and a half minutes. That is it. That is the maximum length for the song. Now, let me take you into what my artist, what she was doing here. So, when I listened to the song, we we started from the top, and I'm listening for what is <laughs> causing this song to be so 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 long. Number one. When the song started, it had a ridiculously long intro. So I went back and I counted the bars in the intro. The it was like an eight-bar intro. Again, way too long. So, for instance, if your song is counted like this: one, two, three, four; one, two. Every time I hit the number one, that's a bar. So if I go one, two, three, four, that's one bar. One, two. Three, four. That's two bars. Okay, so imagine you have eight sets of those counts, essentially. Now, of course, there's music playing there, but that's a very, very long time for an intro. So, as a songwriter, don't spend a huge amount of time on your intro. Now, if you're some well-known songwriter. World-renowned songwriter, you can actually get away with doing things like that because people will hang around to listen to your creativity. If one of the artists that I mentioned earlier, or one of the famous songwriters I mentioned earlier, were to drop a song and they had some super long intro, 
will think it's genius because they started off with some great, uh, great long musical expose for you. And I, we don't have that type of uh, name recognition. You really need to kind of get to the point. So my artist, she spent way too much time on her intro. Second thing that I think was a major, major miss on her part, her verses in the song, they were also eight bars. And then on top of that, I think she had some kind of like a pre-chorus kind of turnaround type of deal that occupied another four bars. And then she finally got to the chorus. Absolutely wrong. No, no, no. Here's my recommendation for you. If you are getting into songwriting, restrict yourself, in my opinion, try to make your song your verses in your song, four bars. Yep, four bars. I know it's short. I know it's a a short amount of time, but I think four bars is more of a manageable situation. At the max, you can maybe go with maybe six bars and maybe use the, the latter two. So you have four bars maybe for your verse. Maybe use two bars for a pre chorus or a turnaround or for some type of a build, if you will. I'm really big on not having these long verses. Now, again, you may be thinking that's no time to write. You can't develop a story. I get it. But here's the beauty of it. You can always have a second verse. If need be, you may even have a third verse. But if your verses are so long, it's going to take a long time to get to your chorus, of which we'll talk about here in in just a second. To me, you're going to lose interest before the good part shows up. So I really think it's very important to restrict the length of your verses. And here's the thing. If you are a good songwriter, you can actually do a lot of creative things lyrically in that short amount of time. So if I force you or if you're forced to build a narrative or build content or or create a story in four bars, you're going to be a lot more selective in terms of how you put things out there, how you're going to, how you're placing your lyrics. And again, you don't have to adhere to this as though it's some type of law, uh, but it's, it's highly recommended. And, and in fact, I would challenge you to go listen to some of the popular songs that are out there on the radio today or online or streaming or what have you. You, you probably will see the formula that I'm talking about right here. All right. So let's move on to the next thing here of which I just mentioned a second ago or alluded to. Your choruses, your chorus is the infectious part of your song. That's the part that everyone should sing along to. They call that the hook because it's something that hooks the listener. It captures the listener. So your hook, in my opinion, should show up no less than four times in your song. In my opinion, your hook should be about eight bars. And if you're doing the math, yeah, it's twice as long as your verses because you're trying to establish that melody in the mind of the listener. That's the thing that's going to cause people to sing the song when they're away from their phone or away from their speakers or whatever. That's the part that you want to hook your audience. So as a result, you need to conserve space or conserve time by making your verses shorter and making your choruses repeat. Now, I mentioned eight bars, so don't have a huge, big, long 
thing that has to be developed for your chorus in eight bars, you should have a melody structure that can be repeated in four bars. So in other words, you have some type of melody line that happens in four bars, and then you have another four bars where that melody line is essentially repeated. Maybe with some slight alterations, but overall the melody structure remains relatively the same. So again, you're not having some huge protracted long course because your audience won't remember a melody that meanders for eight bars. What you want to do is subdivide that eight bars into a group of four and a group of four, and that will allow your hook to stick. Let me move on to something else that I believe that will be helpful for you as a songwriter. The name of your song. I believe that as you get ready to promote your song to the world and share your song with the world, the name of your song is everything. Here's a very simple piece of advice that I have for you. I recommend giving your song title a one word song title. A one word song title. And I'm kind of pulling what I'm telling you from the world of marketing. I've, I worked in marketing for uh, a number of years, over a decade, and I did it within the, the context of music, by the way. In marketing, being brief or brevity is genius. So in other words, if you're driving past, uh, let's say, a billboard on a highway, if there's like a whole novel on that billboard, just words, 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 no one's going to read that or remember that billboard. It's the billboard that maybe will have just one word, maybe two words, maybe three words. Those are effective billboards. Now, if you think about it, the billboards, uh, it's usually coupled with some type of imagery. Well, actually, the same thing is applicable to your music. Let's say you release some album album art or um, your single art, the artwork for your single along with a one word title. That is very, very powerful as opposed to having 15 words in your song title. But what's the rationale behind this? Well, when you use one to maybe three words for your song title, number one, it creates interest. It's more interesting. It creates a bit of mystery. People will want to know, well, what, what does that one word mean? What is the song all about? And hopefully that one word will give people an indication as to what the song is. But it it's not enough, obviously, to tell the whole story, right? So that one word or maybe three words It draws people in. It gives you just enough to draw you in to say, hey, you know what? Let me check out this track. Next thing, when you use one word titles or hopefully maybe no more than three words for your title, here's a simple thing. And this goes back to the marketing side of things. You, your song can be found easier online. Let's say you drop a phenomenal song. It's available on iTunes. It's available on Google Play or whatever platform. And you're telling people, Hey, check out my album. It's available everywhere. Take a listen. And let's say someone, someone were to ask you, Hey, so how do I find your material? What's the name of your song? And you're like, Oh, the title of the song is Jim's glorious, majestic unicorn ride across seven galaxies. That just makes no sense, right? It just sounds stupid. But people do that because they try to explain the entire concept of the song with all the words in the song title. Don't do this. Use a simple naming convention. I said this earlier. I'll challenge you again on this. 
I want you to go out and look at some of your top artists out there. Just just hop on iTunes or whatever music platform you use. Hop on Spotify, Pandora, Tidal, whatever. Take a look at the artists out there. Just look at song titles. I would like to take a friendly wager with you that the vast majority of uh, song titles out there, most likely they're less than three words. Check it out. Just again, prove what I'm saying. Validate what I'm saying or disprove what I'm saying. I've been doing this for quite some time and I believe that I'm actually on to something here. And what that does, and here's the final thing. When you go with this type of naming convention, as I'm calling it, you start to blend in with these other big time artists out there. We had our little quiz earlier. Yeah, we may not necessarily be at the level of these songwriters, but in terms of appearance, wouldn't it be great if how you presented your music is no different than how a globally known artist or songwriter would present their music? There's a reason why they do what they do. And I've said this many, many times before in our times together. If there's a formula out there, why not follow it? It makes it a lot easier for you to, to kind of ride on some of that success when you can use methods and, and, and techniques that have been proven. And as we bring this main topic to a close today, I want to give you one more major thing to think about with respect to songwriting. This is, in my opinion, the best piece of advice I give, have given. Uh, this piece of advice is actually found in the book that I wrote, Jingle Money. It is a piece of advice that I believe that will make you better as a songwriter, whether you're listening now as this podcast is being released or if you listen to this advice 10 years from now. I mean this. Here it is. I want you as a songwriter to become a student of nursery rhymes. Yep. And I'm, I'm being serious. I know I make jokes a lot, but I'm being super, super serious. Be a student of nursery rhymes. Earlier, I mentioned having a hook in your song. And I mentioned having a hook that has, let's say, eight bars and you should have some type of repetition within that hook. If you look at the structure of your typical nursery rhyme, there are some brilliant things that you'll find inside of a nursery rhyme when it comes to melody structure, when it comes to word use when it comes to rhythmic patterns i am telling you that there is a gold mine of information inside your average nursery rhyme and the great thing about nursery rhymes they're incredibly simple and that kind of goes back to what i mentioned earlier about your hook you should not have this huge eight bar expose of complicated melodies yeah maybe you can do that if you're doing something like jazz or maybe you can do that if you get into orchestral music but if you're talking about pop music, pop country, pop rock, K-pop, EDM, electric, whatever, you need to have a melody structure that is memorable. Now, am I saying that your end product, your song should sound like a nursery rhyme? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you should take the principles of a nursery rhyme, how words have repetition, how the melody structure moves along the music staff, the use of rhythm. And there's a whole bunch of other things that I, I can't get into now. But again, just start to look at the concept behind nursery rhymes. There's a reason. And here's my deep thought for you today. Hopefully you'll catch what I'm saying here. There's a reason why certain nursery rhymes have been around for 
many, 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 many years. If I say things like, let's say, Ba Ba Black Sheep or Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, they, they've been around because the melodies literally stand the test of time. And if you can so happen tap into the, the, the science behind how a melody can last forever, you become a different type of songwriter. Your music goes beyond just today. Think about this. Have you heard about those artists or songwriters where their song is reused and reused, remade? People are doing covers of that song many times over. There's a reason for that. Those people are brilliant songwriters. Think about what I'm saying. Imagine if your song, let's say, came out this year, but three years from now, the melody structure, the lyrical content, the overall layout of the song was so powerful that three years from now, or maybe four years from from, from now, another artist says, hey, yo, I, I, w- I want to remake your song. That is my jam. They remake it. Six years from that point, they remake it. Take I can go on forever, but that happens. And I can name a whole bunch of songs for you. I'm not going to do it right now. But the point being is that a song that can stand the test of time is a truly good song. Those songs, I guarantee you, if you go back today, all the way back to the wherever you want to go, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, those songs that are still around today, Look out for that melody structure. I, I'm, I'm sure of the fact that they have stood the test of time because of their construction, the repetition, no selection. All right. So I'm going to stop there for today because I think we've covered enough here. We covered three points, length of your song, how to name your song, of course. And we talked about studying nursery rhymes. I know it seems like a silly thing to do for songwriting, but man, I am telling you, Sometimes simple solutions are the solutions that work the best. All right, enough of the the preachiness, all right? Um, Here's my tip for today, and I, I talked about it at the top of the show. In just a few weeks here, or a couple of weeks, I'm hoping, I'm going to have some guests on who are from the music industry, and I've, they've done stuff with huge, huge names out there. They are widely recognized in the industry all over. I'm telling you, they've worked some, with some of the best and the biggest names everywhere in music. They are going to be on the show. They specialize in matters related to touring, live performances, management, being on the road, making money as a musician, being self-employed as a musician. These guys are phenomenal. If you want to get out there and live that life, be on tour, make money, show up at different venues, pack out different venues, market your shows as you're going to venues, these guys are the ones that you can get your questions to. They'll answer it for free. Their information will be made available to you and you can get your specific question answered. I am telling you, this is your moment. It's super simple. Send me an email. Send an email with your question and uh, send that email to ask at successwithmusic.com. Ask at with music.com. So you still have a bit of time here, maybe about a week or so. Um, so hopefully you mark the date when this uh, episode came out, but about a week from the date of this, uh, the airing of this episode, that's all you have. So get your questions in, in that time. And I'll make sure I'll get your questions on the air. All right. So that is your tip for today. Get insider information that you cannot get anywhere. 
a lot of us out there, we don't have just buddies in the music industry. We can just ask questions. This is this is a great moment. Imagine that. Think about an industry, a, a person that's connected in the music industry. They know people. They've worked with lawyers. They work with, with huge bands, record labels, that type of thing. And you can simply come in and ask a question. All right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit excited about this, but um, I was I was always told that, hey, when you have a moment, when you have an opportunity to to get something from someone in the industry or get insight, take advantage of it, especially when it's as simple as sending a, a, an email. You make that choice, but uh, I'm going to be asking questions because I want to learn, too. Hey, I've been around the music industry for a while, but these guys have been at a different level of it. And I want to find out some stuff for myself. So, yeah, get your questions in here to ask at successwithmusic.com. In the meantime, please share this podcast with your music loving, performing, creating people out there. We want to help our community get better living that music life. All right, so do me a favor, share the program, check me next week, send that email, and while you're at it, send me a housewarming gift, will ya? Hmm? I like cookies. I know there's gotta be a 